Discord. How's everyone going? Doing good? I want you to ask the person next to you how they're going. Hopefully everyone's doing well. Welcome to church. <coughs> Welcome church, like mum said. You are the church. That's good, isn't it? We are the church. Just before I get into this morning, just um, just really felt to encourage, you know, just out of hearing what mum, you know, just spoke about with the tithe and the offering, um, you know, and, and the combination of that, that freedom from anxiety that we prayed this morning um, during worship. Um, I really felt like there was a dovetail in that for some people this morning who, who have anxiety or worry around finances. Um, so I just want to just encourage you that Holy Spirit was really on that this morning. And so just receive your breakthrough in that, um, particularly in that, that area of worry and anxiety around finances, because He is our provider. Amen? And that's your declaration. That's your declaration. You know, just declare that he is your provider. When that when that when the enemy comes at you, we don't call him the enemy anymore, call him the defeated. When the defeated comes at you with worry or anxiety around that, just declare no, God is my provider. Amen. It doesn't have to be complex. You know? God's made it simple for us. It's his word. We just declare his word and it'll be established for us. So, bless the Lord, we're going to pray. So, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies which are new every single morning. Father, just come against any distractions, Lord God, that may come this morning, Lord, to take us off. Um what you want to reveal to us. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that we're ready to receive your word, Lord. We know this is a word, Lord, that is in season. It is something that we need. Otherwise, you wouldn't want it brought this morning. So, Father, we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to turn to John chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, I gave the guys a list of, list of scriptures, so hopefully they're ready to go. I only gave him a few though, because I'm going to be bouncing through a few scriptures real quick this morning. But I'll, I'll make sure I make let you know what they are. And as always, if you want if you want a copy of my notes, you are most welcome to them. But, um, John chapter 17, verse 20. We're going to start there. It says this: "I am praying not only for these disciples." So this is Jesus. And really, just want to encourage you, just real quick, just take note of Jesus when Jesus is speaking in the Bible. Have a really good look at it. Who wants to hear from the Lord? And it's right in front of us. I am, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me. So he's praying for us. Isn't that good? Who believes in Jesus? Well, Jesus is praying for you right now. Verse 21. I pray that they will all be one. Someone say one. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us 
so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. What a prayer. And there's, a, there's definitely a, a, a thread or, a, or an idea in this, in this prayer that is so important that Jesus is actually praying for it. And that, that is this, this idea of oneness. And like I said to you before, like, I think it's important that when we, when we see Jesus speaking in the, in the Word or when, even when He's praying, we really need to look at the words that He uses. Look at the words that he's saying. Look at, look, at, look, look at what's so important and so valuable to us that it came out of the mouth of Jesus. Amen? And it is this theme of oneness. So if you go back through that scripture, I think there's, there's four times that he says the word one. And then he, he doubles down on it and talks about this thing called perfect unity. Perfect unity. This theme of oneness is so important. Unity, togetherness, you know, it was a very big deal to him. So important that he prayed it. He prayed it over the disciples of the day that were with him, but he also prayed it over it for whoever will believe in me. He's talking about us. Amen? Paul, you know, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, he had a little bit of a different, different take on this thing, this, this thing called oneness or this, this idea of oneness. He said in Ephesians 4.3, I don't think I gave the guys the, this, this um, scripture, but it says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So even Paul had this, this idea and, and identified the importance of oneness. And you see, a big chunk of the kingdom, or, the, or the, even the foundation of the kingdom, is built on this idea of oneness. Someone say oneness. You know, and any time we take the kingdom out of this context, we're not going to experience the fullness of the life that the Lord has available for us. It's important. Togetherness, unity, Oneness, it's important. It's no wonder the defeated has been after it for the last few years. Who knows, you don't have to look too far to realize that he's tried to divide people. He's tried to, you know, isolate people. You know, he's, 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 he's done all that he can to, you know, make us work out, that, you know what, I can actually do life alone. No, you can't. We need each other. We need each other. Turn the person next to you and say, I need you. See, Jesus talked about it. He demonstrated. He lived it before us. He spoke it over the believers and he prayed it. He prayed it. He said, as you are in me and I am in you and I am in them and they are in me. Oneness. 
don't think I could do that that well again. <laughs> that was a tongue, tongue twister. Too early on a Sunday morning. In, in Colossians 1.16, Paul says this. He says, all things were made through him. He says this about Jesus. All, three, all things were made through him, for him, and by him. All things were made through him, for him, and by him. So what's the point? And like I said before, you know, our focus has to be Jesus. Everything has to be able to be traced back to Jesus. He's our focus. He's our focus. He highlighted the importance of oneness. Obviously, oneness with God. Oneness with Him, oneness with the Holy Spirit, but oneness and unity, perfect unity for each other and, and togetherness. He's talking to us as a church. Amen? So everything has to be traced back to Jesus. You know, and, and that's talking about you know, our mindsets, theologies, languages, beliefs. They all have to be traced back to Jesus. You know, and the point is, is if we if we can't do that, then it should it shouldn't be in our lives. It shouldn't be a part of our lives, and it all comes back to this idea of oneness. See, our mindsets have to be aligned, our ideas have to be aligned, our theologies have to be aligned. If we're to live in the perfect unity that He prayed for us for, Amen. Come on. All right, so every aspect of our lives has to be traced back to the idea that we are in Him and He is in us. Oneness. Enter Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, I'm going to rip through these scriptures. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So he made it simple for for that oneness with him to be, you know, to for it to be a part of us. He brought Holy Spirit. Amen. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. See, some would say the Holy Spirit is coming. In John 16, Jesus says, I have to go, but I promise I am going to send someone amazing in my place. Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This idea of oneness is coming up again. Let me tell you what the definition of one accord is. Someone say one accord. One accord means this. It means together with passion. Together with passion. That's the, if you want a title for the message, it can be that one. Together with passion. With one mind, unanimously, at the same time, God produced unity, one passion. That's what the word one accord means. Let me read it again. Together with passion, with one mind, unanimously, at the same time, God produced unity, one passion. Who likes the idea of that? Who likes the idea of that? Being in one accord in one place. You should be excited. 
because it produces really cool stuff. Amen? Oneness, togetherness, perfect unity in one accord, in one place, produces really cool stuff. I'll give you an idea of some of that stuff. You ready? Acts 1.14. See, I encourage you to read through Acts, okay? If you want an idea of the importance of oneness, unity, togetherness, okay? Because it, it, it's, it's sprinkled throughout the whole, like, you know, those first few, few chapters of Acts. So Acts 1.14 says, They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Okay, they all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. So, what it oneness produced? What it did is it released revelation that there was something that something needed to be made right. Okay, everyone get that? Acts two, we just read Acts two one, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So, oneness saw the releasing of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 46, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat, praise the Lord, with singleness of heart. So oneness saw the releasing of the spirit of fellowship and communion. Isn't that cool? Acts 4, 23 to 24. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And then they heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, behold their threatening. What did oneness do? It released a spirit of boldness to speak the word of God, and he filled them with the Holy Ghost. This sounds cool. Acts 5.12, and they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. You read a little bit more into that. Oneness released the Holy Spirit into those in leadership to do signs, miracles, and wonders. Acts 8 verse 6, and the people with one accord gave heed to the things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And if you keep reading through that, oneness actually um, resulted in the whole of Samaria or Samaria being evangelized. This stuff sounds pretty cool. This is, the, this is what is the result of oneness, being in one accord. And if you, you know, read through those things again, it pretty much sounds like revival to me. Amen? Come on. And I like this point. It's actually the point of the whole thing. You ready? Nothing can stop a group of people who are in one accord. That's the point. That's why Jesus prayed for this. Perfect unity. Why? Because he knew that if we were in one accord, if we are in perfect unity, then, man, well, watch out. Nothing's going to stop a group of people who are in one accord. Who wants to be a part of that? As if you'd say no. Like, seriously. 
Come on. All right, we're going to look at Acts chapter 2. You can turn to Acts chapter 2. Delve a little bit further into this. Acts chapter 2. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and I love this. Little, who likes the little subtitles on the top of the, the, the chapters? Get a bit of an idea. The Amplifier's not real good at putting those on there. Was that like the new Amplifier do that? But, um, they gave you the little, um, little subtitle, little heading. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. Um, and it says, a vital church grows. Like that? Who wants to be a part of a vital church? We are a vital church. So Acts 2 verse 40, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved, with this, uh, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day, look at this, about 3,000 souls were added to them. That sounds cool. This is one accord. Verse 42, uh, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Perfect unity. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with, as I tell you guys, Come on, in one. That's a good time to practice being in one accord. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You like this? All right. So, all the believers. Someone say all the believers. All the believers were gathered together. This is important. This is important. All the believers were gathered together. Are you a believer? And look, we're gathered together. See, this is important. It's like Mum was shared on, on Wednesday night about how we, we, you know, we can't do church, and we, we, we can't do the fullness of the life, you know, in Jesus that we're meant to experience by ourselves. You know, again, praise God for, for live streaming, and, and, you know, but live streaming isn't meant to be the go-to, it's just meant to be the help. It's there when we can't make it. But our priority needs to be the believers gathered together. Amen? So all the believers were gathered together. And what happened? Community was developed. It, community was developed. Family was developed. This is what happens. This is a result. You know, you know what is the most important thing to the Father? Family. 
community. That's what it's about. That's why he's called the Father. Father. Family was built. Community was built. Because the believers were together. We value this. We value this as a church, community and family. Amen? I've got to tell you this. There's there's a big difference between kingdom value and earthly value. And we're talking about kingdom value here. We're talking about what's important to the Father. Jesus prayed for oneness. He prayed for perfect unity. He mentioned us in that prayer that we read at the start. It's important to him. So there's a a difference between kingdom value and earthly value. And and it's highlighted in the scripture that we just read in Acts chapter 2. We'll get to that in a second. But to give you a little, I know know I've used this little example before, but, but the simplest way that I can explain the difference between kingdom value and earthly value is this, that kingdom value is open-handed. Okay? Kingdom value is open-handed. You know, things flow in and things flow out. Okay? It comes in and it, and it, and it goes out. Okay? Whereas earthly value is, is closed-handed. Okay? And what happens there is nothing comes in and nothing goes out. Okay? Is everyone grabbing a hold of that? So what's the point? The point is, is when we hold on to something so tight, we handicap ourselves from receiving fullness, from receiving more, from receiving kingdom. Okay? Hang, hang in with me, all right? It's going to come together, all right? But when we have... So the point is we have to remain open-handed, okay? We have to have a remain um, in, like living in a kingdom, with a kingdom mindset, looking at what's of kingdom value, what's, what's important, okay? So we have to remain open-handed, but at the same time, all right, having complete value and thankfulness for what's in our hand. Okay? Because quite often we can, we can, you know, get into that, that thought, oh, what about me, God? Understand? So we've got to remain thankful and have complete value for what we have, even though we might not be experiencing the fullness yet. Amen? Are you getting that? Okay, so in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit fell... When everyone was in one accord, two things happened, okay? Two things happened. Now with this, the kingdom advanced like crazy and community was built. That were the two things that happened. The kingdom advanced like crazy and community was built. <coughs> Let's have a look at Acts chapter 4. This is going somewhere, I promise. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. 
I'll switch to the NLT version just for fun. All the believers were united in heart and mind. All the believers were united in heart and mind. One accord. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Don't worry. I'm going to ask you to go and sell your house and give it to the church. Although people do. Okay? People do. All right, but I'm trying to want to highlight a point here. Okay? The point the, the point is this is that something is motivating this community of people. Something's motivating them. All right? They're united in heart and in mind. There's togetherness. Remember that one accord definition, together with passion. Okay? They were together with passion. So something's motivating this group of people that what they have, their possessions, weren't the most valuable thing to them anymore. Those things of earthly value weren't the most important thing or weren't the most valuable thing to them anymore. Okay? So, who loves their stuff? Come on, you, you got some stuff, you, you generally like it. <coughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't have it. You're on Facebook Marketplace, getting rid of it. <laughs> so, most people love their stuff, right? And I know there's plenty of parents in the room, okay? And, and I know you, you would have experienced this. This is why I'm using this as a little bit of an illustration. But I remember that something happened to me when... Tim, so, Timmy, where is he? Has he gone to get water? He usually goes out about eight times a service to get water. No, we're just kidding. <laughs> where is he? He's getting me some water. I, I got water. Uh, no. Anyway, when your kids are born, okay? I remember that when, when Timmy was born, you know, I know that my capacity to love... And I know if you're a parent here, you would have experienced the exact same thing, okay? But my capacity to love changed in a moment. <coughs> Anyone agree? All right? It was like a love came up, you know, came up out of me that I'd never experienced before. It'd never been there before. All of a sudden, everything else in life, you know, became completely insignificant. Okay? Everything. Didn't matter anymore. All right? There was the, it, it was completely insignificant. And it was like the, there was nothing more important than this child that I had in front of me. Anyone, anyone relate? It was like everything else just completely drops off the radar. All right? So, <clears throat> why? Because... There is a capacity in us. Okay, this connects the oneness. Remember that we, we read before about, you know, 
you know, I am in you and you and they are in me and I am in them and they are in you, like that thing, okay? I knew I couldn't do it as well. <clears throat> this connects the oneness. This, this highlights what happens when the Holy Spirit came, when, when Jesus left and, and, and he, he made room for someone else to come and live on the inside of us, Okay? There's this capacity in us to love somebody that causes everything else. Someone say everything else. In the world to take on lesser value. We have that kind of love on the inside of us. Okay? And, and, and you know, it's, it's highlighted when, I believe, when you have your kid, when you have your first child. And they, every, obviously every child after that. Like it's like this, I don't know how to love any greater than this. But there's an even greater love that we can experience. Amen? And so reading that, that story in, in Acts, I think it's safe to conclude that from that story in Acts this kind of love is what was happening with these people. This is the kind of love that, that they were experiencing. You know, it was a love that, that for people that wasn't just because, you know, they're Christians and, you know, I love you with the love of the Lord kind of thing. You know, that love out of obligation. It was a true, it was an authentic, real love. <clears throat> That they were experiencing because they were united in heart and in mind. Because they were together. Because they were in one accord. Remember, together with passion. Everything else in their life took on lesser value. They sold their homes, they sold their possessions, gave them to the apostles so that, that, that no one would be in, in lack, no one would be in need. Isn't that amazing? Because they loved each other. In John thirteen thirty five, Jesus said, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. In Matthew 6, 6, uh, 7, 16, Jesus said this also. He said, you will know them by their fruit. This will rock, yeah? They will know you, they will, they will know you, will, <coughs> sorry. You will know them by their fruit, not their gifts. Come on. Galatians 5, you know this, these scriptures well. We'll just rip through this because we're running out of time. Galatians 5, 22, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is, what's first? Love. There's a reason that it's first. Because it's important. It's like the most important, I believe, fruit of the Spirit. You get that right, everything else happens. You know, but isn't, isn't it the one that we be challenged in the most? <coughs> Sorry, bit of a tickle this morning. Isn't it the one that we, we can be challenged in the most? See, most of us can say, you know what, like, you know, I'm a kind person. You know, generally full of peace, you know. Like, but sometimes I find hard to love people. Anyone remember that? Like, you know, you like, you got the grace growers in your life. 
Anyone got any grace? <laughs> Anyone got any grace growers? But the fruit of the spirit is love, and we know the rest: love, you know, joy, peace, all those, all the, the they're, they're wonderful. But let me tell you this, <clears throat> and I, I know you know this because you're very intelligent, smart people. Love for one another, I believe, is the truest, most authentic, and genuine sign of Christian maturity. Jesus said, you know, he said, you will know them by their fruit, not their gifts. So love for one another, loving people, most genuine, purest, you know, sign of Christian maturity. See, the gifts, they can, they can uproot through babes. And that's awesome. All right? But it's loving people. And why do, why, do, why do we operate in the gifts of the Spirit? Why do we operate in the gifts? The gifts are, we, we need the gifts. Why do we operate in them? Why? Because we are compelled by love for people. So why do we pray for the sick? Because we love people. If you don't love them first, then don't bother praying. You're right? Come on. We're compelled, we, we, we operate in the gifts of the Spirit because we are compelled by the love we have for people. And th- so this, this is awesome. You ready? Therefore, who likes a therefore? Therefore, the gifts of the Spirit are actually maximized in oneness. They're maximized in oneness. They're maximized when people are in one accord in one place. They're maximized when we're together with passion. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good? So, you know, I believe that that right now, and I'm pretty sure you believe the same thing, that right now the Lord is increasing our capacity to love people who don't love Him. Who knows it seems to be just this, like, like you always knew there were people that, you know, didn't believe in God, but there just seems to be this, this, I don't know, this thing out there right now where there's this real, like, obvious in-your-face, I don't like, I don't like God sort of thing out there. Has anyone ever noticed that? Like, notice that being spread through stuff? I believe they're just increasing our capacity to love them. Look at this. We, won't, we haven't got time for, for to look at these scriptures, but you can check it out in Daniel. I think I remember it's in Daniel chapter 2. But Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, who knows that story? God gave Daniel, this is what he did. God gave Daniel understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. He gave Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some people say Abednego. I always thought it was Abednego. Just sounds a bit more Australian. Abednego. He gave Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the ability to interpret all visions and all dreams. 
Okay? This is what he did. So if you didn't know that story, this is what they did, what he did. This is what God did. Okay? So check this out. Think about this. God gave Daniel and his buddies, all right, those abilities, those things, to serve an evil king who hated him. Nebuchadnezzar hated God. He was a bad man who hated God. But God gave Daniel and his buddies the ability to serve the king or a king who hated him. It doesn't make sense. But if that doesn't scream the love for humanity that God has, nothing does except the cross. <laughs> Is that right? You know, you imagine this. Think, think about this. If, you know, someone in your life hates you that much that they live their life, like they live their life, their entire life to despise you and they're building an empire, all right, you know, and, and taking it over nations because they hate you so much. All right. And this is their response to you. I'm going to give this person, in this case it was Daniel, everything necessary to serve them. It's madness. That's the love that God has for us. That's the kind of love, like the intensity of the love that he has for us. And I mean, it's even more illustrated in the cross, obviously. So, therefore, we like to therefore, there is a love available for us like that to operate in. Because, you know, the whole, he's in me and they, you know, know that thing? That's available to us. Come on. So we are called to love. Someone say we are called to love. We're almost done. We are called to love. A type of love where everything in life drops off. Everything. It's like, you remember the, the, the kingdom value and earthly value? We're called to love people in a way that, you know what, everything else drops off. And that person standing in front of us they're the most person, the, the, the most important thing in the world. Th- that, that person is the most important thing in the world. Amen. So genuine love is required. You know, not, not that kind of I love you in the love of the Lord stuff. With the, it's genuine love is required. It's a relationship. One accord, together, in one accord. You know, he's given us the ability to love people even if they hate him. <laughs> so how is it done? There's lots of ways that we can love people, obviously. But I believe that, that it's, it's nestled in this whole idea of oneness. Being in one accord. You know, in one place. Single minus signal, you know, signal, signal, singleness of heart. 
Acts 2.46, continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did they eat their meat, praise the Lord, with sig- singleness of heart. One accord. Remember what one accord meant? It meant together with passion and a couple of other things. Together with passion, all right? So together with passion. What is that? It's being present with passion. It's being present with passion. What's togetherness? It's being present. Presence. You know, not just when we've got that person standing in front of us, you know, like we're present. You know, I'll never forget the time when I was on my phone and oh, no, I'll share this. I was on my phone and you know, doing something and Benji was talking to me. He talks a lot, Benji. He's talking to me and he said to me, and he, he's saying something and he goes, Dad, and I went, yeah, yeah, what's going on? You know, on my phone, doing stuff. And, and then you, he, he grabbed my face, pulled it to him, and he said, Dad, listen. All right? So you, 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 you know, my, your kids are like the, the, the greatest, like, I guess, litmus, litmus test of your presence, you know? It's, but it's not just that present face-to-face. It's being present. It's being together. It's grabbing every opportunity as a church, as a body, to be together. You right? Present with passion. Someone say present with passion. Present with passion. Together with passion. Amen? Because we, we, we miss opportunities otherwise. We're not together. You know, we're on our couch and our jammies, you know. Watching church, I know, you, you know, like I said, it's not live stream, it's not the go-to, it's the, it's the, you know, the backup, it's the help, okay? But we're together, because otherwise we miss opportunities to love, to love one another, amen? All right, I'll finish. Bless the Lord. That was kind of like a really strange pack-up, but we got there. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So how about you just put your hand on the person next year? Just gonna pray. Thank you, Lord. So Father, we just thank you for our our opportunity to be together today. Lord, we thank you for the, the, the wonderful fruit that will come out of being in your presence today present in your presence so father just pray that 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 each person here this morning lord god just uh, yeah just want to release just a, a fresh encounter of your presence and we've spoken about being present today we've spoken about being together we've spoken about oneness and it all starts with you jesus so, Father, just give each person here today, Lord, just a, a fresh encounter of your love, a fresh encounter of your presence in their life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness always. Amen. Amen. Well, you're all blessed to um, bless others, but you're also blessed. And uh, we'd love to pray with you. If you love prayer, if you would like prayer, please come up so we can pray with you. Otherwise, we um, 
want to release? Is there anything else we need to do? And then just release. If you, know, if you don't know Jesus, please come up and we'd love to um, introduce you to him. There's something that you heard this morning that, you know, touched your heart. It's, you know, he, your Bible says that he stands at the door and knocks on our heart, you know, waiting for that, that, that come on in. So, um, you know, if that's, if you feel that knocking on your heart this morning, come on up and we'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, guys, have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless someone. The coffees are on. Uh, please be, please be, please be patient because it's pretty hard work knocking out, you know, 35, 40 coffees all in one go. Um, so, yeah, bless the Lord. See you next week.